Hello and welcome to Side Dish, your podcast about Longmont, all the stuff you want to know in very little that you need to know. I'm Eric Ozempa. I'm Brady Steffel. And I'm Annie Larner. Hey, welcome in, gang. How is everybody doing? How's your week? Uh, good. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> what do you want? It's fine. Annie, how's your week? Uh, week has been pretty good, pretty busy. Uh, I think the holiday season last weekend officially kicked off with a bunch of I don't know, holiday stuff. It was a busy social calendar for the weekend, and we were pretty pooped by the end. But this week hasn't been as crazy as last week, I would say. So it's been pretty good. You're bringing your A-game here. You have your Santa hat on. That's right. Uh, Yeah, look at this. Did you wear that all day? Or was that like you you lost a bet? Or what's the story? (laughs) We had a we had a little white elephant gift exchange in my office this morning and I wore it for that. But then I just it felt it just fit. It just didn't really want to come off. So I've been rocking it the rest of the day. It's been yeah. I went to like full real meetings with this on. <laughs> nice. cough, Nobody asked cool. me about yeah. it. They would kind of look at yeah. me. <laughs> cough, cough, why not? Yeah. Hat hair, cough, cough, cough. <laughs> That's what I, I don't understand. I don't understand. Hat hair. It's, you know, you know, yeah, oh, hat no. hair. I think you said cat hair. And I was like, no, I was going to say about? like, Eric, we know you don't understand. No, hat hair. it's real. It's real. Actually, like this really is driven by the hat hair. <laughs> Brady. Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, once you get well, into it, you get your four, four hours deep. You can't do anything. Yeah. You put it. your no. hat on for a while. You go out and you're like, oh, I left it on too long. Yeah. And too long. <laughs> sometimes it's 15 minutes. It's like, ah, yeah. uh, geez. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the dangers of hair. Sad. Yeah. Right. yeah. So um, let's see. We got lots uh, that has been happening in the city as far as like events and other things. And, you know, nothing more stellar than, you know, Phil Greenwald is going to be joining us today. Yes. Awesome. Um, talk about transportation and all things Longmont. So right. I know that as I was telling Annie off air that Brady can continue talking to Phil, but I've got a hard stop at a certain time. Yeah, so sorry. I'll need to jump off, but he can have a marathon <laughs> session with Phil. <laughs> Phil, I got one more question. Yeah, exactly. So, but in all seriousness though, we've had parades, we've had holiday festivals. I mean, it's been pretty amazing. The market. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have a long mock question. Do you guys, they have did? I got a podcast for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Last weekend, you know, for the Friday night to kick off everything, um, they did fireworks, right? And I think they went off from Roosevelt, right? And we went outside and watched them from our house. We were at home and stuff. But I, I don't recall so many and huge fireworks. Is that a thing every year? I, I just miss the boat every year on this. Yeah, sorry, you kind of missed the boat. I think I think I moved to Longmont when I was pregnant and or back to Longmont when I was pregnant. And like we've had kids and they just go to bed like late at night. And I just don't even that's not even on my radar. You know, it's just way past darkness at that point. And I haven't really been over there. We were shocked. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, no, for me, it's actually more exciting than Fourth of July because it just seems to be a giant finale for about five minutes, which is great. That's really all I want. That's exactly what he said. That's so funny. Yeah. Cool. It was really cool. I was impressed. So did you go to Roosevelt or did you just hang out from home and watch the fireworks? Home. Yeah, you can just home. see them from home. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. right there. It was not yeah. that far. Yeah. Brady, I know you were probably out there with all the people, right? Yeah, that's me. Up in you the crowd. Me, getting out in there, doing stuff in real life, in public. No, I was at home. Didn't know Yeah, actually, about. and I just told a fib. I'm not sure why I did, but uh, I was not here. I was actually in Wyoming. So on oh. Saturday. So yeah, oh, but okay. in years past, I've noticed that we have watched them from the home. And yes, it's just been a massive explosion. Eric's well situated for that. I did go to the craft thing, whatever, this weekend. So that was No, cool. how was the craft thing? Did you get a piece of wood or some <laughs> such? No. 
I don't know if we bought anything at this one. Uh, I did see some repeat vendors from the um, farmer's market one. Yeah. And honestly, I like the farmer's market one a little better. Yeah, I would agree, too. I do yeah. like the farmer's market one, too. Yeah. Because, yeah. so, you know, I bought a sweatshirt and we bought some gifts and stuff uh, at the farmer's market one. And this one had some of the same people. But I feel like there was a few more vendors at the the first one, the farmer's market one. And it was sort of more of a, more of an affair. And uh, Abbott, and I think it's Abbott and Wallace was down there, and we picked up some of their gin. I got some for a gift and some other of their stuff for gifts, and uh, that was all good too. And it's good, it's good gin. I mean, what do you want? I don't know. Colorado, <laughs> Colorado makes some pretty passable gins. I'll say that. Yeah, it's true. I, I think yeah. Colorado makes a lot of gin that's good for uh, like gin and tonics. Yeah, when we have all those juniper berries, and we have the yeah. right like plants, I guess, or the right botanicals. Is that the right botanicals? Word? Yeah, I think that yeah. that, that would be the one. So yeah, mm-hmm. I would agree with that. So mm-hmm. we mix we make some good gin. Um, so I'm proud proud of proud of you, Colorado. Clear oh, <laughs> <laughs> spirits, so good. And so that means Eric, you didn't make it to the parade. I'm so sorry. I did not. No, you totally yeah. bummed. Yeah. I did, of course. It was yeah. great. And this year, I sat on the Main Street side, which normally I go to the Kaufman side, and I liked the Main Street side. It was very cool. But I'll say. It was a little sparse. I think by the time they get towards the end, they just end up so spread out. Mm. And at the beginning, it's such a traffic jam on the Kaufman side. They kind of get like one float and like band after another. But on the main street, we would get this like nice presentation and be like, well, turn around, maybe have a sip of like cocoa and shit chat for a little while because it was like totally empty space. And then another one would come along and it just made it kind of like. I don't know. It had a weird vibe when they're all like spread out. That was I would say like a micro. year or two ago during COVID, um, it was, you know, it's those days when like you don't do anything. It was, it was cold and it was like, but the parade was going on and like nobody was there. And there were some people commenting, um, doing commentary for the parade. And it was pretty funny. And I was like, you know, I know a batch of idiots that would actually be pretty good at like sprucing up some banter for the, the intermediates because there was a long time between the floats. For the and dead were, zones. And they were just kind of like, well, here's the next one. And then it'd be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But the, yeah. In the early years, it was like a bunch of Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, a few lit, lit parade floats. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, more Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. It was kind of yeah. I was remembering marching in the parade as Girl Scout and how cold it was. And oh, the Girl yeah. Scouts that I saw this time got to ride on a float. So I don't know if they're hardening That's them. Pretty, yeah, more. it's pretty bougie there. You know, used to be, as somebody yeah, who yeah. grew up in the Midwest, um, I was I've had the opportunity to be in like a couple of parades, but nothing like fancy. And I'll say I'd rather walk if it's going to be that cold. I really Good would. Good point. I, my feet, I remember once my feet were so cold and then it's like, well, go walk. And it's like after 10 minutes of walking. Like all the blood's moving, you're using some calories up, you're you're making energy. I warmed right up and it was so much better than like sitting and freezing my keister off. And it was <laughs> it wasn't that cold, but it's it was Minnesota winter like 15, 20 years ago. And it was plenty cold. Yeah. No, I Eric's I giving agree me this look that. like I'd rather sit on my butt. I don't know what you're talking about. No, I'd rather sit in a heated car and wave to people, but you know, that's just me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do they do a lot of that? The windows up, a lot of heated cars. Just like that's the one I always. I, I got my always, tits. That does always make me laugh. It's like I got the windows up and I'm rolling. I'm like waving at you from yeah. my rolled up window car. I'm like, yeah. okay, that just seems rather my, anti. Yeah. My deep tints and like yeah. the lights yeah. are off on the inside. Yeah. Just like I got stuck in this long line of cars. I got no idea what's going on. I guess I'll just wave at these people. <laughs> it's crazy. Hey, uh, we got a lovely. 
uh, note from somebody. Um, I am efforting to find it again here real quick. Um, it's from Lynn over at Rescue Coffee and Rescue Coffee Roasters. Oh, yeah. And just wanted to know how much they enjoy listening to the podcast. So appreciated the Rescue Coffee's mention and shout out. Thank you. I also wanted to share this in case it's something that might be of interest for next podcast. Um, let's see. The Longmont Branches of Bank of Colorado are participating in a promotion to help support local businesses. Um, it's probably, you know, past due, of course, because this has been a while. Um, but it's shop local. Actually, it's the 1st of December through 1223. So bring us receipts and win big. So they will, winners picked every Friday from 12-1 to 12-23, get a $100 Visa gift card. Bank of Colorado is the bank. Wait, how, how do you them. enter to win? Isn't that, it just skipped right over the details. There's really nothing there. Um, it's right here. Bring a holiday receipt from a local business to our branch oh. and be entered to win. Okay. Interesting. Nice. Of course, you know, the fine print is, is they're going to sign you up for a checking account. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like Thieves those, uh, may apply. those yeah. uh, we always laugh about the coffee shop real estate offices that are kind of popping up. Have you ever no, been to the, like, Capital like the One? Capital One. And there's there's another one. I think a one in Boulder's Porchlight's going to open one in Boulder. And it's like, <laughs> do you like, here's your latte. Would you like a tri level with that? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> would you like a mortgage? Brutal. How about a mortgage? <laughs> Um, yeah. Also, Dryland Distillers is reprising the holiday market in their breezeway on Friday, oh. December 16th, and Saturday, December 17th, noon to five. I went to that last one. Yeah. So oh. that's pretty cool. Maybe you, you know? can get some of your nog, Eric. I know. I'm going to have to check it out because I wasn't able to check it out last time. I have a meowing cat over here. Hopefully, he's not. Uh, oh, nice. <laughs> I just heard it here. You just yeah. called it out. I yeah. just heard it. He is. And I he think is tonight frantic. is one of um, Wibby Brewery. Wibby is having their. You know, they're like German style Christmas market tonight. Oh, very cool. That'd so be awesome. That's yeah. Wednesday, December 14th. Yes, that'd be awesome. And then um, real quickly, Tinker Mills having their open house on December 15th. That's got to oh, be cool. kind of cool. Yeah. And then December 17th, the Last Chance Gift Fest at the Boulder County Fairgrounds. That's from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. So wait, no. where's Tinker Mill again? Tinker Mill is down on Sunset and Delaware. So if you, it's between, it's like between um, Boston and Nelson on Sunset and you go West oh, okay. on Delaware. Oh, interesting. And, yeah. And so Tinker Mill is the the makerspace for people who don't know. It's where you can um, do ceramics. You can do uh, like robotics, engineering, woodworking, all these wonderful Crafting, things. So yeah, yeah. just about anything like you can imagine, you pretty much can find equipment to do there. So yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Well, gosh, look who has popped in. Hey, the man hey. of the hour, Phil hey, Greenwald, yes. over at the city of Longmont. Phil Love is the transportation it. planning manager for the city of Longmont. And Phil, I'm going to ask you something. We had a listener ask this just a while ago, and let me effort to find it real quickly here is, I don't know if you can answer this, but somebody was asking about road numbering. Oh, okay. And, and specifically, <laughs> <laughs> specifically, um, Let's see real quickly. It is. Oh, goodness. Hang on real quick. Um, the production value. Just, just like it's more of just trying to read it. So Don't, don't be overwhelmed by it. So this is Phil Greenwald. <laughs> yeah, so Hover, city becomes, Hover becomes 95th just south of Plateau. Uh, or how Hygiene Road 17th eventually intersects with 75th. My question is, why are these streets numbers measured from? Are they extensions of the street numbers down in Boulder? Or are they measured from, or is it a Boulder County thing? Does that make any sense? 
It does. Yeah, okay. it's, it's it's a strange system, and it's 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 just a combination of all the different jurisdictions kind of pushing each other out of the way <laughs> and trying to trying to you know do do different things. So thanks for the question. That's 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 a fun one. Yeah. Um, so there's two things going on that you mentioned with that question. The first one is uh, North 95th Street or 95th Street south of town. That's based on basically city of Boulder numbering. And so, you know, start up first at the mountains and move your way out on those north-south streets all the way through the county. And so the county in, in, uh, endorsed that system or brought it that system as well. So as you go across its numbered streets, now the city of Longmont is completely different, right? Our numbered streets start at First Avenue by the train tracks where Old Town kind of started and go north from there up to 24th Avenue. And then I believe 25th Avenue is actually State Highway 66 or Ute Highway. So what we try to do in Longmont is we try to keep with our naming convention. And then as it goes into the county, it may change. So uh, we did kind of steal. And I think, you know, Hover Road is kind of one of those anomalies where you had it's been Hover Road for as long as I've ever known it. And I know, Eric, you've been in the city or been in this region for a while as well. I recall that you and I, I think, both grew up in Boulder. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so there's 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 the naming change, and then it changes north back to 95th again. So uh, somehow Longmont grabbed that Hover historical piece to it, the Hover name, and uh Grabbed it for that piece of the road, for, and it's been that way for as long as I can ever remember. And going going back further into the mapping, that's I don't remember it ever being called North Ninety Fifth Street all the way through. Um, but uh, hygiene's a little different because that's a city street. Seventeenth as a Seventeenth Avenue is a student city street, and then that becomes hygiene once it leaves the city. So we do a bunch of things like that. I've I kind of bought into the idea that, and this is just more historical too, is like Ken Pratt Boulevard should be called Ken Pratt Boulevard throughout the city. But once you leave the city, it should be State Highway 119 or the Diamond. Yeah, exactly. Or what was it before it was Ken Pratt? Do you remember? Florida. Yeah, exactly. Florida. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I always remember 66 as being Ute, Ute. Highway. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and then Nelson got... Road's always been Nelson Road. It's never changed. It's always so, been. Yeah, exactly. Now, now Hover Road is now Hover Street in the city where we've annexed it. So what? fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. Wow, newsflash. It's Hover oh. Street now. Yeah, didn't you know that. here last, yeah. everybody. Yeah, so I was I was at Whole Foods the other day. That's just flexing on everybody here. But I was wearing the hat that I'm wearing right now. I'm just, you know, for context. And it's a it's a nice bird hat. It's one of my Catherine Home hats. And it's a nice brightly colored bird on a thistles, I guess. And um, some women goes, oh, that's a really nice hat. And I said, oh, thank you. It's a local artist. She lives like close to Old Town. And this woman goes like, oh, I've there's an Old Town? I've <laughs> never heard it called that. And I don't think she recognized my authority as a massive celebrity in this city. But I was like, yeah, I've, <laughs> like, I've lived there for almost 10 years. And it's always been Old Town. So I've known it. And she said, oh, well, I guess I lived in the 80s. And that was before something, something. And so it was like... it. It's, it's the nomenclature, right? Has that changed over time? Or are we, because I'm like, there's Old Town and there's North and then there's over here and then there's Kitely and then there's you know, East, like uh, the, the other extended Old Town and then, then there's Bone Farm and there's there's all sorts of names and she was, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the Old Town really refers to Original Town, I guess is what they also call it. Original Town is that square mile that was 
the Chicago, Colorado Walton, right? And so we're basically just south of First Avenue. And First Avenue is kind of thought of as the balance on the south. And then Martin on the east, Ninth on the north, and then Bowen over on the west. So that's the original square mile that really started it all, right, in 1871. So, um, <laughs> You're right. That's all considered old town. <laughs> okay. Well, it's it's great. We have we have Phil to comment on history as well in Longmont. So, <laughs> right. but I want to pivot real quick to Kaufman. Like, can you give us an update about what's going on yeah. with Kaufman over there and the new development? On meaning the the street and the yeah, yeah. the the bus lane and all that wonderful stuff. Yeah. So we're we're moving forward. We've uh, done kind of the um, what we call the thirty percent design. We're moving into sixty percent design. We like to get to 90% design before we actually start constructing. And construction kind of fills out that last 10% because you never know what's going to happen in the field. Um, there's always a wild card with going out and starting construction. And, you know, oh, gosh, that utility wasn't located just in the perfect place. So we need to figure out what we're going to do. And uh, so there's a little bit of that design on the fly, I think, that happens in construction. But um, luckily, I don't, I'm not too much part of that and i don't know much about the engineering piece of it except that it's exciting and we're moving on to that 60 percent design so we've worked through a lot of the the issues and we're going to go back out and get some um, comment from folks that uh, have some interest in the corridor so we're going to go back out to the public we're going to go back out to all the utilities uh, people who own the utilities i should say in that corridor to make sure that we're doing things just right. We go to our uh, Longmont Power and Communication folks to make sure the lighting is correct and the electrical is in the right place and the fiber is in the right place. So all those things kind of have to go forward. But we think it's a pretty exciting design. Uh, there's going to be a lot of change as far as the way we do things as Longmonters <laughs> in the future. I hate to say that because uh, I, I, talk, I speak for myself. I'm I'm very adverse to change. But uh, this is exciting because what we are trying to do is, again, for folks that haven't heard too much about the project, we're really trying to get the buses off of Main Street. And we talk about buses using Main Street, and those, you know, those are eight and nine-foot lanes on Main Street next to an eight-foot wide parking lane. Those parallel parking spaces try to fit in seven, actually, to eight feet of width. So you've got a you know, picture of a bus going down, and typical travel lanes are about 12 feet wide is what our standard is. And so we're talking about how we're trying to get a pretty big bus. And, you know, bus drivers, there's been a bus driver shortage. So we've got fairly new drivers these days driving the buses, the big, you know, over-the-road coaches that go between here in Boulder and here in Denver and Fort Collins. And uh, it, it's it's rough. And, and you just know it as a pedestrian. If you try to head out around 5 o'clock tonight and uh, it's completely dark, trying to cross Main Street, especially at a mid-block, with a bus coming, it's 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 treacherous. So what we're trying to do is do some improvements on Main Street for a lot of those conditions that we've just talked about and do those improvements on Kaufman Street to bring the buses over there and create a whole new bicycle facility. So this really becomes um, a bicycle facility for north-south travel from the Greenway through downtown and up uh, north up to 11th. And when can we expect, when do you anticipate like construction and change to to be visible and seen. Well, that's the good news. Bad news piece is that uh, we are being constrained quite a bit by the economic downturn. 
And so that's meant that prices have gone way up, just like you've seen in grocery stores and gas stations and things like that. We've seen it in commodities pricing. So all the different things like concrete and steel and and all the different things that go into a roadway project have jumped way up. And so our cost has jumped way up on this project. We thought we had it completely covered with $7 million. And uh, 90% of that, 99 or 95% of that was from a grant that we had acquired. And so we felt really good about that. And we had all sorts of people tell us that's enough. That's all you'll need for, a, you know, a, a basically an eight block long corridor or seven block long corridor at the time. Um, and it's gone way up. It's doubled almost in price. And Holy so, cow. Wow. Yeah. So we've had to put it off a year just to kind of recoup those those costs. And so luckily, it's still seven million dollars from the from the grant, which is nice. But we're going to have to almost match that with an equal amount wow. of money. Six, six. We're, we're waiting now. We're hoping prices go down again, but um, it was it was it was upwards of six to seven more million dollars, and wow. that was that was beyond our capacity. But that all being said, we'd like to break ground in twenty twenty four. Oh, okay, that's pretty cool then. Yeah, I mean that'll be pretty exciting anyway, regardless. I mean, I thought you were going to say, oh, it's on the shelf now. So when you describe it, has to be ninety percent, no, sixty, seventy percent, like drawn. What did you say? Yeah, design work will be design 70, work. 60% done in about, uh, we're hoping in a in a, a couple days here, really. Oh, okay. And then we're going to go out for review and have people review those 60% design drawings. And, and is that like a bunch of problem. a bunch of people in green visors actually at drafting tables and they're just <laughs> sitting there for days and you have to release them and let them do their Pocket work? protectors, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and slide rules and all sorts of good stuff, but uh, yeah, it's it's again it, it's everybody who's impacted. It's the Longmont Downtown Development Authority. It's and so they don't have slide rules or pocket protectors. They're pretty cool, <laughs> and uh, but they'll get to look at the plans as well. They they have a lot of say and a lot of uh, you know investment into this project as well as far as uh, people power and and those resources. And they obviously wanted to work out well for all the people that they represent in that corridor. So they'll have a lot of say. Again, the engineers will want to just fine tooth comb this a bit to make sure everything's just in the right spot. And we're designing for the sight lines. One thing we talked about just today is so we're moving the bicycles out of the street and onto the basically next to the sidewalk. And so how do people behave around a bicycle that's more on a pedestrian level now? We're trying to separate the bikes from the buses and the cars that'll be using mm-hmm. Hoffman Street. But as a bicyclist, I mean, a person who's using a driveway and coming out on a driveway would stop for anybody in the street. But if the bicycle is now up on the sidewalk, mm-hmm. the car will now, on a driveway heading onto Kaufman Street, block the sidewalk and partial, maybe possibly the, the bikeway as well. So now you've got a bicycle who has to stop, and so we're working through all these. So you're telling pedestrians and bicyclists to like just carry half a dozen eggs or something to be ready if anybody's not paying attention. <laughs> anyway, good, good practical advice I'm gonna, here. I'm not going to condone that uh, in many, <laughs> many forums, but I will yeah. say I appreciate any effort to separate um, pedestrians' bicycles from the traffic lanes because if you're on Sunset. You do feel like you're taking your life into your own hands on that road if you're on a bicycle because you're right there in like in traffic and people are on their phones and whatever and it's just like oh wow and it's it's not comfortable separating that out just to me encourages people to use it and to feel safer and like the city cares about your safety 
Well, and, and, as, and a bicyclist who's very confident can still use the street just as they do today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the people who are less confident and just a little concerned about safe, you know, more concerned about safety, maybe, uh, you know, riding with children or, or maybe older people who are riding is, you know, I'm probably going to be on that facility because I'm, I want to be careful and I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about those things. And, uh, I'm not as confident as some folks in, in the city who would, would be happy to, to share the road with traffic. I, I will say that we are in Boulder County and there are some very confident cyclists around here. And I occasionally get close to that if I'm all geared up and out and really chugging. But I mean, if I'm just going downtown to get dinner or, you know, grab a drink, or if I want to go even grab a gallon of milk somewhere, something like that, and I'm on my bike, that's not great. And the chain might pop off and the brakes aren't as good as on my, you know, performance bike, which I'm not going to use my super upscale bike to like leave somewhere. I'm not going to lock it up, you know, because it, you know, somebody's going to take a wheel or something. And so like, it's nice to have that just to be comfortable and to, to say, this area isn't just for cars, it's for people too. I, I love that. It also kind of helps buffer the people who are walking from the, all the roadway stuff that's happening as well. So it gives a little extra buffer there too. So you can kind of feel like I'm going really slow as a walker and I'm I'm kind of up against the buildings. And then the next tier is I'm a little further away from the buildings, but not in the street. And I'm a bicyclist going a little faster. And then I'm, you know, then the street is really meant for the vehicles, you know, the buses, especially who are, they're, they're, they're kind of the number one priority in this corridor at this point. So it seems so, like it provides a lot of walkability. So that'd be really pretty cool. So, and the corridor starts basically at the cemetery to the north, and then it's going down to first street. Well, the corridor that you'll see being built really comes, really starts on at ninth on the north end. Ninth on the And it goes down to, it will go down to first avenue on the south. And then our phase two of the project, which is really almost the more exciting piece of this is we're going to continue Kaufman Street south of first as a brand new roadway down to Boston Avenue. And so that's really where the first and main station will be located. The back door of that will be on the Kaufman, and that's where the buses will do all their activity. And then the front door along Main Street will be more about uh, people accessing the, the parking area so that they can park and then ride the bus, hopefully. And the train eventually. <laughs> so, and the train eventually, yeah. And are you planning to to push Boston to Main Street? Because right now Boston stops before it gets to Main Street. There's sort of hangups that prevent it from getting there. We talked about that in the past. Right now we've got most of the signal work, all the poles done for the Boston Avenue, Main Street uh, traffic signal. Mm. Uh, and actually, we another meeting we had today. It's a lot of meetings in a day, I guess, these days. But uh, <laughs> One of the meetings was, oh, yeah, there's lots of crashes that you've got at Boston and Main Street. How are you going to fix that? And one of our solutions is, well, we need to get this, you know, we need to get Boston basically across the railroad tracks mm-hmm. and connecting all the way from Airport Road on the west to Martin Street on the east. And we have this better connection and that'll relieve Third Avenue. So, the, you know, there's a lot of traffic that uses Third Avenue to get across town. So, that would relieve Third Avenue, which would be nice, um, and then that would that would trigger the need for a signal to be built and actually done at Boston and Main Street, and it would help the buses because the buses are planned to come up the diagonal, Pratt Boulevard, once it gets into the city, up Hover Street to Boston, and then Boston over to this new Kaufman Street connection. Okay. 
So what um, I was going to ask you, so uh, what other projects or what other things are you are you currently working on right, that, that you might be able to divulge to our our private audience right here? I'm kidding. They're not <laughs> private. But. I was trying to think of all the things that we've got going right now. Um, one of the big projects right now, just in my realm as a planner, and I'm not an engineer, I'm a transportation planner, but uh, one of the big things I think we're all very interested in this uh, from especially this group on, on the line right now is uh, Vision Zero. So it's not necessarily a capital project where you'll see something built, but one of the big things we're working on is the Vision Zero idea and really trying to take Longmont into that um, planning effort that needs to happen for us to realize, hopefully someday soon, there's no more fatalities based on uh, roadway conditions or yeah. roadway, roadway yeah. crashes. So. We also call it traffic violence, so that's always. That actually would be great. Are there, um, I you know, I imagine, I'm trying to recall the kind of the most dangerous intersection in Longmont. Isn't it 17th and Main is one of them? I thought, or released that is initially. Definitely one of them. Yes. Yeah, yeah. One of the more dangerous ones is uh, Main and 119, or Main and Kent Pratt. Oh yeah. Here I yeah. am sliding back into like. <laughs> nomenclature of wrong, wrong nomenclature. But. <laughs> I know that back when when Lucky's was a thing, I know I came out of Lucky's and there was I just heard and it's like right there in front of where Lucky's used to be. Like somebody was just flying through town and there was traffic and they just ran right into the back of it and it's like, wow. I felt like that was always happening down in there. I'm just more impressed that you got a Lucky's reference in. But anyway, go ahead, Phil. I yeah. miss Lucky's. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of the things that we see with fatalities is, and you can guess this, you know, just as well as I can, is most of them are vulnerable users who are mm -hmm. they're walking or biking. And so we've seen a lot of fatalities on Main Street north of 9th. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Colorado Department of Transportation is taking notice, Shoulder County is taking notice. So everybody's kind of, um, we're trying to fix this. And so we've got a lot of support, which is nice. But uh, we need to all kind of work together and figure out you know what's what's the condition causing some of these fatalities? It's sometimes the fatalities are very random and strange, and you can't you can't begin to explain them. They're very they're very tough to explain, and it's hard to uh, kind of go through the list and see how you fix some of these things. Right? As yeah. an engineer, the engineers want to fix it, and so we don't have the fixes. We need education. We need the education. We need the engineering, and we need the enforcement. And uh, and and those are just three of the elements that are going to this. It's going to take a community-wide effort. We're going to have to relearn how to drive, talk about change, you know. We're going to have to learn that when somebody's walking across a, you know, a, a crosswalk, you need to stop for them. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, and, and we're trying to do some more things with the rapid flashing beacons, you know. they Those are the things that you see a lot in Boulder and Fort Collins and Denver. And, and I think people have learned how to use them in those other cities, but we don't have a lot of them here, so we're talking about how to implement those when we have mid-block crossings, especially. Hey, Phil, how how do our fatalities or traffic violence incidents compare with similar cities of our size? That's a great question. I have it right here in front of me. How about that? Well, um, I, what I love, what I got to say, I appreciate it, is that we bring them on. It's like, oh, do you know anything about the esoteric naming structure of like uh, these particular roads in the county? It's like, yeah. What about uh, traffic violence in our city versus others? Uh, yeah. It's like we didn't give them these questions ahead of time. In case you didn't catch up, that Brady's kind of a fanboy. Yeah. <laughs>
I love listening to Brady as well. I mean, I've been listening to some of these podcasts. But it's like, go, go, go. This is great. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Um, so it's always so nice to hear. And so the so for the fatalities, unfortunately, that we have to talk about those kind of first. We uh, we were doing pretty well for a couple of years, and now we're starting to trend back up. And so that's not good news. And so that's put us into kind of a category of. Um, you know, I see on here cities of, of comparable size in Colorado, and Commerce City is one of the ones. And then we talk about crash rates, so it's per population, so it's it's scaled per the population. So how many crashes do you have per thousand people kind of thing? And so, um, you know, we have, uh, actually it's per 100,000. So we have 7.1 fatalities per 100,000 people. We're right at 100,000, right? So we've had seven fatalities last year mm. or in 2021, I should say, sorry. Um, Commerce City had 14 Ooh, wow. and they're about this and they have, uh, that's 14 per 100,000. So they're not at 100,000, but they've had a lot more fatal crashes than we have. Pueblo is up there. Lakewood is up there. Grand Junction is up there. Up there, meaning like more Higher than us, more than us. <laughs> Who's, but then when you talk about right. the cities that are lower than us, it's kind of scary because it's really Westminster, Fort Collins, Thornton, Broomfield, Loveland, Arvada, Boulder, Centennial. Um, some of them are very close to us, so it's almost like, you know, like one difference. Yeah, or point one, point one difference. Yeah. Are you are you differentiating between like a car on car fatality and a car on pedestrian fatality, or is it just all? It's all. Yeah. yeah. This is yeah. all fatalities in the city caused by um, traffic, a traffic crash caused the fatality. It wasn't. And there's been some debate on, you know, if you, I mean, I hate to go into these um, scenarios, but if you're driving your car and you have a heart attack, but it does matter with what this effort is. I mean, I think that nuancing right. it is important. Yeah, yeah. With that kind of like, what can you do, right? If somebody has a medical emergency while they're driving. You have a heart attack or a stroke or something. You lose control because of that. You hit a tree. This is very unfortunate, but it is part of have you know having cars being used. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, the more cars are on the road, the more drivers there are, the higher your your potential is for someone to have a heart attack yeah. and have a crash or whatever. It's just but better engineering takes you away traffic. from yeah, like yeah. just those crashes due to not knowing how fast it is or feeling like you should be able. Because there's definitely areas in town like on. I think it's Nelson past the flower bin if you're down by the flower bin and that's Mark 35 and it sure doesn't feel like it. And you'll just be like, Oh, I'm driving slow. I should catch up to this guy. And it's like, Whoa, no, I was, I was doing it right before. And this guy's a lunatic. And um, I mean, there's just areas in town that don't feel, I mean, <laughs> I see Phil's giving you the grin, but it is like I've gotten past and um, you just, you know, you're, you're on your way to target and you're just sort of zoned out and you look down and it's like, Oh, he, he must be doing 50 plus. And that's just, that road feels like yeah. and that just feels like well that's a great that's a great example because that's one where the visual effects of that roadway right are just so much that you don't notice how fast you're going and, and you kind of do zone out when you're driving and you look down at your speedometer and all of a sudden oh shoot i'm going 45 50 miles per hour and i i yeah. know it's 35 shoot because it's so clean and so wide and it feels like it's almost a highway and you're going did we buy a zucchini squash the last time I was at the store? Did we not? Right. I know I was supposed to buy bananas, which are also yellow, but I, I can't remember. And then you're looking and you're like, oh my God, like 
I can I can take the extra ten seconds to get to target. It's fine. But so some of those roads too. Yeah, I think well, that's, that's and that's part of the vision zero effort is take some of these streets where you do want people to go slower. And maybe this is one where we I don't you know I don't know what the community wants for that street yet. We need to go out and and talk a little bit more about how the community wants to be. I, I think they want to be safe and they want safety and. But they also don't want to lose their traffic lanes. But that's when we start talking about things like we've done on Ninth Avenue, where we've reduced the the, the, the lane widths and we've added some bicycle lanes to be a little wider or have a buffer to the bicycle lane so that it feels a little bit more comfortable for the bicyclist. And that takes space away from drivers. I, it so also helps slow people down. Can we? I'd love to hear how that's gone because when that was being discussed, people on the internet were of, let's call it of two minds on this. There were people that were very much like, what's it matter? Like, it's nice at a bike lane. That's great. And there were people like, but my lanes. And then, I mean, there was no, there was almost no common ground there. And I, what I find is that if I'm on it, having the bike lane as a bicyclist is great. If I want to take a left-hand turn across traffic, being able to stop there and not worry about getting rear-ended, that's great. And I don't notice a lot of difference in transit time across. But that's me being very subjective about it. So I'm curious what the actuals are. Well, and I, I really, as a as a traffic or transportation planner, want to look at the data of crashes in that corridor. So I know we just had one recently at, uh, I believe, Francis and I. So I need to mm-hmm. look at what that, what happened there. There's not a lot of details, I guess, at this point. But we need to f- figure out what happened at some of these. But we are seeing the same thing where we feel like the crashes uh, along this corridor um, just have kind of have gone down. But I need the data, you know, from 21. We don't, we, we just got our 21 data finalized. I need it for 21, 22, 23, 24, right? I need a couple of years of data to help us decide whether it was a good, good change or not. I think in, Intrinsically, it feels like a good change because just of what you talked about. I can I feel more comfortable as a bicyclist there. I actually feel more comfortable as a as a walker on the sidewalk because I have that again that buffer space from the from the from the drivers yep. who were maybe coming a little close to that curb line or that curb edge, and so now they're pushed more into the middle of the street. But we have that center turn lane, which is nice too for people who need to get into a driveway or you know we we couldn't turn left at sunset before or no francis excuse me we couldn't turn left at francis during certain, certain times, times of, the, of day. the day yeah and so we've opened that up so it's much easier to turn well, and some of those two are like oh don't turn left here and it's like well who's gonna yeah. stop you exactly yeah. right like who's gonna yeah, there's nobody here people, yeah. yeah enforcement's pretty tough there unless you yeah are sitting there watching it from those hours of the day so yeah that's i think that's all been good um but yeah we heard a lot when we were planning this out we heard a lot on mountain view as well about losing parking yep for those bicycle lanes and i think that's worked out pretty well and we've not seen a lot of people illegally parking in the bike lanes which has been wonderful i really appreciate that community's efforts on that so yeah that uh, is i do get quite irked when there's uh like a door mirror that sticks out like four feet off the edge of a truck or something and it's like you're like trying to duck underneath it as you're on your bicycle going like I just want to go on a bike ride. And then you're like, you know, swinging underneath, taking your life in your own hands or swerving into traffic. And you're trying to, is there a silent like Prius behind me that I can't hear or see? And then you're just going to swoop out. And then uh, Priuses are responsible for all these extra dark. But um, 
that aside, I was wondering about parking because I think that's one of the other things that's pretty contentious about ever making a change. And there's discussions about putting in a um, a hotel in old or like old town right on Third Street, basically, or Kaufman or Kim, Kimbark. Jeez, I'll get this right eventually. Kimbark. Our offices, yeah. Yep, just south of where you guys are at. I feel like, oh, that perfectly good parking lot, and it's like. Oh my God. You know, they're talking about adding parking to the thing. And then they're like, oh, well, if I can't park directly in front of the coffee shop that I want to go to, this town is it's not worth living in anymore. And it's like, well, I mean, the parking situation to me, having lived around the country in, in Old Town and downtown and Main Street, so it's pretty good. Like, and you say, oh, well, I want to go to a restaurant. If I park a block away, it's not such a big deal. Just park on Kimbark or Kaufman or something. It's it's super easy. So are we looking into replacing parking, adding parking? What's that, you know, that swirling mix of sort of fungible parking spaces? How is that all going to land once all of the, the Kaufman stuff is done and some of the other things are happening? I love Brighton. He's great. Um, <laughs> Don't we all? Well, Don't we all? Yeah, Lucky's and Brady. Absolutely. Parking, yeah. parking. Yeah, so um, basically the parking piece, we, we do need to look take a really close look at that and come up with some good strategies for how we mitigate it, especially during the construction. I think a lot of people are very concerned about, okay, you're going to put the hotel in, and there's kind of this before, there's all these parking spaces there. Uh, during, there's not going to be anything, and then after, there's going to be a few less parking spaces. But it's really that during construction period mm-hmm. that I think people are saying, Wow, this is this is gonna be super rough. How are we gonna deal with it? I I will say I, I feel like voices say anytime any part literally any parking anywhere is ever just like if it's gonna go out, they were like, this is gone, we'll never get it back. It's gonna be it's gonna be a hellscape. We're not gonna be able to like we're all gonna be banished. We're not gonna be able to get there unless you live above this. <clears throat> the vision is is um it's destroyed. You know, I'm I'm moving to Nebraska or something, right? Whatever. And that's LTDA, the Longmont Downtown Development Authority, doing a, they're actually just wrapped up with some counting of parking, you know, open parking spaces versus used parking spaces at certain times of the day where you would find it fairly critical to find a parking space. So we're going to use that data to figure out uh, what the parking need is in these different parking lots. I mean, we know that if we're going to park, I will say in the 500 block of Kimbark, you know, that parking lot that's behind all the restaurants. I won't mm-hmm. name any restaurants. I don't know how you guys work with all that, but um, <laughs> um, yeah, freely so talk about whatever you want. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> there's there's certain times of day where it's really tough to park there. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to find out how tough it is to park in all these different areas. I think people just know uh, from from driving around and trying to get to these places what's going on, but we want to we want to know about all different times of day and maybe how we manage the parking a little better. So we can make it so there's an open spot for folks, but that does mean, you know, more enforcement. So it's always this, you know, um, you know, this give and take kind of thing mm-hmm. of, well, we're gonna have to enforce the time limits, or we're gonna maybe have to pay to park in certain places. Which oh yeah, is never a popular thing, right? So right, uh, we have to figure out how to make it work. But there's this great new parking structure that was just built uh, in the 500 block of Kaufman. And for all the complaints we got about losing parking along Kaufman due to the project we talked about previously, this garage is expected to take along take on a lot of that, you know, right. um, need. And yeah, so, and if you're going to want to keep people coming into Old Town, I think the vision overall is to make Longmont a more densely populated 
city in certain areas and the downtown to be one of those areas. And then to accommodate that, you can't just say, oh, everybody gets street parking. It's super simple. I mean, you can, it doesn't have to be expensive, but it, it just means you might not be able to pull up in front of Ziggy's and jump out, grab your coffee and jump back in. So it's, it's a bit more. Right. If we can manage the parking better, we can make sure we keep certain percent of spaces open in front of those businesses so that there's always a place to go in, but there's going to be pressure to also leave. You know, there's pressure to, you, you want to have an open spot, but you can't park there for four hours and just kind of hope you don't get right. a ticket. Right. You need to, it needs to be, if it's 30 minutes or less, or if it's an hour long parking, or if it's two hour, but you know that at the end of that two hours, you need to be gone and open it up to the next person. coming. The barista is going to come out and be like, I'm sorry, you got to go. You got to get out of here. <laughs> We got to turn over these chairs. You haven't refilled your coffee in an hour. Get your car out of here. It's kind of the same way, right? In the, in the restaurant, you kind of feel guilty when you've been there a little too long. Yeah, the waitress keeps coming like, like, hey, we need you? to turn this over because the next right. person wants to sit. So. I need the next tip too. So no. you guys, you need any water? You want another bottle of wine? What are we doing here? Can Phil, can we pivot from parking and talk a little bit about this recent ordinance that the city's working on with Main Street? And I guess I'm going to botch exactly, but like, any new businesses that are require like driving in and out or automobile shop or whatever um, won't be permitted. And those existing will be grandfathered in. Or is that something that you've weighed in on? Uh, we'll talk about a little bit. Yeah. There's, you know, there's lots of controversy there as well, but I think the, the, the big takeaway there is for certain sections, sections of main street specifically that where, where the zoning is, is more about, Place making and where people should be. We're trying to eliminate just the drive-through, sit in your car, and and right. do your business that way. So, um, you know, Main Street obviously has a lot of drive-through already, and so um, and with the pandemic, it was the only way to do business, right? And for some people, so we don't want to we don't want to eliminate it. We just want to, as future developments come on on board, we want to um, maybe not. I want to say push, but that sounds very governmental. <laughs> we want to make sure that people have other options of where to put the drive-throughs that maybe are not on our main street where we're trying to do something more transit-oriented. Mm-hmm. And so main street really becomes that bus corridor as well with the bus rapid transit that we're planning on. And so it's really about bringing people to the corridor and not just parking lots and drive-through lanes and things and- like that. But th- those aren't going to go away in the city. They're going to be uh, available along, you know, Hoover, along Kim Pratt, uh, 17th Pace, you know, different areas, we'll be able to have them. It's We're just trying to move them away from this transit-rich, hopefully transit-rich corridor in the future. Mm-hmm. So is this all the way up Maine, all the way to 24th? Does this apply or is it just the lower part of Maine? <laughs> that was it's a... mostly that portion up to 24th, but it doesn't include the south portions of Maine. Street. When I look at my zoning map. Oh, right. Sure. No, of course. That makes sense. But then, and so then the idea with the bus rapid transit, once we get that in with the Kaufman is that you would have buses going up Kaufman. So they're off of Maine. Um, and then, and then what pop out at Maine at Kaufman and basically stay on Maine till 24th to go to the North side of town. Yeah. They would actually use ninth Avenue like they do today to turn back onto main street where mm-hmm. eventually I'd like to get them up to 11th because I think that signal at ninth and main is very, is a tough one. Yeah. What yeah. they go behind the cemetery or something or no, I, that's not the cemetery. What's the, is the so, Southern boundary of the cemetery. Yeah. Okay. Right. So we take them up to 11th and then cut over to Maine. Uh, that and way. then keep going North from there. Right. 
Okay. And for from north of basically Ninth Avenue, we just run in Main Street that whole that whole way, and we have some new bus stops planned with RTD. Yeah, they'll, really, they'll be really slick and uh, really nice places to actually wait for a bus finally. Well, we've been yeah. talking at work about um, where we want to move our 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 offices because we're talking about moving our offices. We're currently in Boulder, and I keep I keep lobbying for Longmont. And people live further south and whatever, and it, so it's not always that easy. But it's like we talk about these types of four people development and that. And it's like well, it's a big draw. It's a big draw for me to go downtown to say this is a this is a space for people. Um, and I guess dovetailing into that, is there any effort to like? What, what do you call it? Calm traffic? Because I, I know that um, we talked about Westside Tavern at one point. And as you as you go through there, you said, ah, well, if people are parking on the side of the road, it does have a bit of a, a traffic calming effect. So bringing that term back to life, um, is there any effort to do that on Main Street thinking like for some people, it's Highway 287. For those of us that live in the area, it, it's Main Street. And I want it to be Main Street and they want it to be Highway 287. And so then you've got trucks versus and Harleys and, and those types of things versus people that want to sit outside and enjoy a glass of wine. Well, I will say that once we get Kaufman built, that opens up some really interesting, um, not some interesting thoughts on Main Street. I mean, it really opens up Main Street to maybe be a little different than what we see today. And I know there's a bunch of different ideas of what could happen out there. Um, but traffic calming is, is one of them. And, and just making that a safer corridor for all the pedestrian activity that we have, especially in that core downtown, maybe, you know, second, maybe first, when all that kind of comes online up to ninth, and mm -hmm. then even, even further north. We want to talk about how all this corridor really needs to be looked at as far as more pedestrian friendly, because again, north of ninth is where we see our fatalities on yeah. people, uh, people with bicycles, people uh, walking. Uh, people rolling uh, so there's a that's we want to focus on the portion south for some things that go on once Kaufman is built mm -hmm. again I think that does open up uh, Main Street to to a bunch of different ideas that I know the downtown development authority has been working on their board has been really excited about making that much more of a pedestrian friendly corridor and maybe going back to you know I hate to scare people but going back to the idea of what's in 2020, we tried during the pandemic to close down a lane in each direction. Mm -hmm. So there's been talk about maybe doing that same thing, but in a more permanent way and, and making it just one lane in each direction for through traffic, keep as much parking as we can that's on street, but maybe separate it a little bit, maybe by some buffering that we can do so people can pull out and do the parallel parking outside of the travel lane. Mm -hmm. And that might even be a bike facility that's over there too. But uh it, it, yeah, because it can be difficult if you're biking through town and you come down. It's like, oh, I want to bike. And it's like, oh, get off. And it's like, well, I want to get off my bike and, and push it. You know, I'm going to go. It's going 15 miles and I'm going to be going two. And Although, so people don't want to do I'll that. Be, they're biking on the sidewalk. I'll be a little sad because I really like take pride. I did it yesterday when pulling up and like just putting on my blinker with authority and doing a proper <laughs> back in parallel parking job and holding up the traffic behind me, but proving that I will move fast and efficiently. Right. <laughs> And also, but, my brother likes to, he lives uh, close by in, in the old town. And he's like, I just drive as slow as I can through here because this is where I live. And I don't want people driving through here and thinking that it's a nice fast corridor. So he just like, tries as slow as he wants to do that. Uh, shout out to Chad. Love you. Love you to death. Um, 
that I'm like, I just want to get to where I'm going. But I think it's funny if you say, well, you know, there's parking here. I'll just flick my blinker on and use the parallel parking space to show people, hey, if you want to park here, it's not that easy. You have to wait, maybe drive a different way. Well, the one way we were able to get the traffic to really keep moving on that corridor during that one lane restriction in each direction was we eliminated parking. We yeah. eliminated bus stops on that corridor. So there's nobody stopping in that travel lane at all. So what we're really talking about is moving the buses over to Kaufman and then allowing the parking to happen kind of on its own side of Main Street or out, outside of that travel lane that would be more toward the center of the street. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when we put the medians in on Main Street and what it seemed like that caused a little bit of a stir, but people got used to it. And my gosh, it helped so much with just the flow. And I mean, in some ways, it probably made more traffic because it's easier now to get through Main and not deal with left turns. But we can adjust, you know. We're good at adapting. Even if change is hard, we can do it. Even yeah. Phil doesn't like to change, man. Yeah. He's talking about how everything in the city is going to change. I So I don't like change. Here's every way that we're going to do it. We're going to think <laughs> it out. We're going to try to evolve. Okay. So I have a question going back to the streets, the street names. Why? And I don't know if you'll know this, but like, why are some street signs, the names like first Avenue or whatever, all caps. And why are some of them, the first letters a capital and the rest are lowercase? What, how, why? Uh, yeah, that change came from um, a great bunch of engineers who worked on the manual for uniform traffic control devices, the MUTCD. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they decided they decided that it was much easier. The people are much can read much easier when it's a combination of upper and lower case than they can if it's all uppercase. Okay. If it's all uppercase, it all looks blocky and you can't read the sign until you're right on top of it. I and think there talking- is research that backs that like caps are processed in your brain in a different way that normal print is like you just, right. you fundamentally process it differently. And I was just watching, just watching a car show uh, about Europe and they were like, they standardized it and they made sure that the same thing, they did the same thing where they use lower cases. Cause that's what people read. Like that's just typically what you read and you're better at doing it. So. Yeah, so I decided it's easier to read, but I think the font gets smaller then. So it's like, well, I can't read it now because it's too small. But when did that change happen? And like, is the idea that if it, did a sign get grandfathered in, or the city's like, we're not spending money to redo this sign? What's like, why do some get left over? I think what happens is we we go through and we inventory the different signs that are out there, and as they start to wear out, we replace them. Um, also, when we do some street rehab. Or when we do the rehab rehabilitation work on streets, we'll do the signs then as well. But when the signs lose their reflectivity, we go in, we have to replace them anyway. So we replace them with a new standard. And that's kind of the same way all through town. Whenever we do any work on a on a corridor, if uh, we do any change to that corridor, we'll make it all ADA accessible as far as the ramps that come down. So you'll see the ramps all change with a street rehab usually too. So it's we're trying to do all these different things and bring things up to a better standard as we progress. Interesting. Yeah. What do you have an opinion? Do you think it's easier to read all caps or a mix? Uh oh. Uh oh. On the spot. He's getting. I, a, it's a big one for. His, I don't want to weigh in. Stick to the code. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to stick to my my guys who are doing the right thing in the in the in the streets here. But uh, yeah, personally for me, it was easier to read the bigger count. <laughs> Me too. I think it's weird. I think the new ones look really, really weird, honestly. Maybe it's just because I'm not used to it, but 
We're also yeah. introducing the new logo wherever we can too. So you'll see the new logo on right. the same time. Very so cool. That's, that's exciting. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, Phil, I think that that's all the time we've got right now. We want to let you get back to your day. So thank you yeah, for and, coming on. And God knows we could, we could keep talking until oh, yeah. literally oh, yeah. nobody is left listening about like the minutia <laughs> of like, well, why is this street in particular? So yeah, but well, if you ever have any questions, feel free to, you know, write write me or invite me back. I'm always happy to I, speak with you guys. I so. could have you on quarterly, Phil. Like, yeah, I know. I mean, honestly, we'll probably have you on again in a good six months. So to the listeners, if you have any specific questions for Phil, send them to uh, what is it, Brady? Here we go. No. Side dish longmaw at gmail.com. I've never done this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> in case you haven't picked up listeners, Eric, Eric bailed. He got, he got bored of the traffic conversation. He's out. <laughs> so we're trying to wrap it up, but thank you so much, Phil, for joining us. Thank you. Take care. All right, Brady. Do you feel fulfilled? I do. Did you get I, your questions full, answered? Full, fulfilled. Yes. Fulfilled. I thought it was a wordplay there. Yeah, no, I think that it's great. I love fulfilled, having all yeah. of that. And it's like, um, there's so much stuff going on that we, like we can get really deep in the weeds with. I hope people like to to follow along because it's like the the little changes, little incremental things. And yeah. I am very much a people centric type. Like, let's develop a, a people centric area. Like, I don't, I drive. I do. It's part of, you know, US living. And I know you can get by on a bicycle if you really, really try and, and all those things. And I endorse that if you are willing to do that. But you're also taking your life in your own hands if those streets aren't designed well. And so I drive my little, you know, my little Honda around and, and when I have to and go out and do it in the world. But I, I prefer to have a city that's built for people to go out and experience and do and like, just be out in it. And I know that I talk like I'm a hermit, but when I go out, I like to have these nice spaces that are built for. Yeah. Or for I people. mean, we end up talking about traffic a lot on this podcast, but I think it's because and you can feel it when you listen to Phil, like traffic has implications um on how we live and how we move and how we interact. It has and a like social impact. And so it does matter. Like there's, and there's people that are from here and there's people that are from out of the city or that travel from yeah. to the north or the south. And then and then the city has grown so fast and continues to grow so fast. We've got a post yeah. post office that was built in like 1970 and built for <laughs> half as many people as we have using it. And it's yeah. always, and I like, I like, thank you to people who work at the post office, right? But it's always slammed, mm-hmm. especially on this time of year, cut them some slack, but it's like, you go there and you're like, oh my God. And you have to make sure that the infrastructure handles and it's intelligently designed yeah. when you're moving forward. So uh, on that note, shout out to the U.S. Postal Service who brought their A game to the parade. They had so many people involved walking the parade, like letter carriers with their bags, and they had nice. a few mail trucks, and they were all like decked out. I was super impressed. They they showed up. Good nice. job. Nice. Yeah. I mean, that's it's always good to see. I you know uh, not super uh, parade oriented, but uh, yeah. That was nice. It was a warm night. The whole community was, it was awesome. It was speaking of traffic, impossible to get out of the parade. If you drove down there, it was nuts. Yeah. I, but, uh, yeah. I got, I got one little story and I'm not entirely sure if it's, I think it's legit. Cause it was what happened between a couple of preschoolers years and years ago. And it has to do with road naming. And there were two, there were two kids who were five or six at the time. And it's two boys and they were very heated. And they had their shirts pulled up, the two of them. And they're pointing <laughs> to each other's chest. And the kid, by the time I had walked in on this, and I wasn't the one teaching, but the time I walked in on this, the one kid's going, they're boobies. And then the other kid goes, no, this is 
and they are just like shouting and they're like 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 clown red back and forth and back and forth and uh the teacher that was leading these uh little young guys had to go up and go like look some some families call them it's the same okay they just use different names it's okay it's the same thing. We use different names sometimes in our houses. That's it. And that's like the 95 versus Homer thing. I was thinking about that. I'm like, exactly. Top is like this crazy kid story at that point. But um, <laughs> pretty. All pretty right. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up. And um, thanks for tuning in, everyone, for this special traffic edition of Side Dish Longmont. We'll be back at you with Phil probably imagine, in six months. Im- imagine the music since we don't have it since. Dun, the i can't even do it thanks guys thanks eric as always what would eric be saying as always reached out to us at side dish longmont at gmail.com give us a follow a couple likes let your friends know like and subscribe and then he just like turns the music up to he turns it up he goes thank you brady thank you annie so we want to say thank you eric and by the way he did not bail because he was bored he had a commitment as as he does so anyway We miss you, Eric. Thank you, Eric. Thanks, everybody.